With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Won't you stand in your greatness? Good morning and welcome to the Nurture Heart Approach January podcast. Happy New Year. I'm Catherine Stafford in Mill Creek, Washington, where I am a licensed clinical social worker and a Nurture Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. Once again, I'm very honored to introduce my co-host in Tucson, Arizona. He's the creator of the Nurture Heart Approach and chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howard Glasser. Good morning, Catherine Stafford. <laughs> How are you today? I'm great. How are you? You know what? I'm exhausted, and I'm really loving that it's Friday. I'm looking forward to some self-care this weekend and some re- rest and relaxation. Nice. Me too. And and this is the weekend we start our big training in Tucson, and I am just ecstatic. I am very, very excited about our new format and uh, just getting the opportunity to teach the approach in in reaching deep into how to explain it in the most aligned way ever. Right. It always gets right. better every year. So this one will be banner. Well, and it's kind of too late for the people who haven't signed up for this year, but maybe if you could say a little bit more about, you know, what makes the CTI the CTI, you know, how long is it, that kind of thing. It's so it's such a unique and amazing experience mm. for those who haven't done it. Yeah, I I uh, it, it's a way to climb into the core and heart of uh, living, breathing, knowing, and being able to teach the nurtured heart approach. You know, we've we've uh, grown into um, being uh, seeing it as a, a training of trainers and giving right. people the tools and the insights to be able to uh, be be very confident and purposeful in that. So a week-long full immersion. I know those of us who've been there multiple times just thirst yeah, to go back because you learn it. Yeah, week-long full immersion. You kind of come yeah. out on the other side saying, wow, this is so much more than a training. It's more right. like a retreat, and I'm, you know, I've become the approach. Right. Which is, it's funny to hear people say that, but, you know, welcome to my world. Right. So I thought <laughs> I knew it, but now I am the nurturing heart approach, <clears throat> yeah. living, breathing version of it. Yeah, people get surprised how it changes right. them. Well, I know you know what's coming next, and I, I almost hate to ask, but you know I have to, so, so that anybody who's listening can really get that summary, that nutshell version of what Nurtured Heart Approach is, so that they're listening to this conversation through that understanding. So could you please, since you are the creator, you get that privilege of sharing again this <laughs> well, you today's know, version of that nutshell. I explain it differently each time, and, and you yeah. know, our guests are trainers, and our, uh, you'll get to introduce our guests in a minute, and I'm very excited that they get to take this work out into the world and they get to play with it and bring their experiences to it. So we'll hear it from a few different angles. And, sure. and the funny thing is each time I say it in a different way. So today I, I just like what comes to me in this moment is, is it's a way of respecting the energy of both the relationship 
and uh, the energy, uh, so interpersonal relationship and intrapersonal relationship, mm-hmm. how a child gets aligned to their energy. Some kids just have more intensity than they can handle um, coming into this world. And for whatever reasons, they have this extra uh, load of intensity. It's very easy for kids to to find out that they, um, to, to kind of come to believe that something's wrong with them because of it and to mm-hmm. see it as, and for them and others, to see it as a bad thing. And Nurtured Heart Approach is a way, it's a methodology of bringing kids back into alignment and seeing that their intensity is a gift, seeing that they can take their intensity out into the world and they're not the, the bad kid or even the good kid, they're the great kid with great things to contribute and it's it's so much fun to see that through teaching teachers and teaching parents uh, a very simple a way of looking at things and a few simple strategies they can make that happen on a regular basis and our guests are masters at that they are indeed. That is a beautiful summary. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get to our guests, um, I also have to thank those of us who are joining us live. And for anybody else who will be listening to the archived um, podcast later, we really appreciate your time and, and hope that after you listen to these calls that you really do feel inspired. Um, today, as Howie, as you said, we are excited to have two amazing trainers, advanced trainers, joining to share with us their wisdom, some of it collaboration and some of it what they're doing on their own. Um, I'm really honored to introduce my very good friend and local Seattleite, Tammy Fisher-Small. Um, we both know Tammy very well. She's been an educator for over 30 years. She's worked at all grade levels as a teacher, a parent, coach, school counselor. Um, she served ele- the last 11 years as the very first counselor in a K-8 school where she designed curriculum, she taught students, she coordinated an award-winning peer mediation program. She teaches Nurtured Heart Approach um, across the country and nationally to educators and parents on implementing the Nurtured Heart Approach, running mediation programs, excuse me, <clears throat> and supporting students with learning and social challenges. She's got a master's, she's got a writing certificate, a certificate in child and adolescent mental health. She's the author of two books on the Nurtured Heart Approach. There's Always Something Going Right, which is that workbook, amazing workbook for educators and most recently a book called Fearless Parenting. Um, She lives with her husband here locally in Seattle, and she's the mother of two dynamic adult young daughters, or young adult daughters. And she's got a brand-new job, which I'm looking forward to hearing about, as yet again the first school counselor in a local um, school. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning, Catherine. That was a mouthful. nice little introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I presented you well. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Nice. You've done so much. Yeah. yeah. I also I want to introduce Louisa Triandis as well before we get started. And Louisa is a licensed clinical social worker like myself. She has over 15 years of counseling experience with families, adults, and children of all ages in both English and Spanish, which is very cool. Um, she's currently an adjunct professor at the University of Southern California School of Social Work. Um, she's a certified school social worker has worked in settings for severely emotionally disturbed children, as well as regular ed, supporting teachers with classroom management for 20 years, which is phenomenal. She is a certified Nurtured Heart Approach Advanced Trainer, holds a certificate in art therapy, and co-authored with you, Tammy. Um, There's always something going right. Good morning, Louisa. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? I am just fine. I'm really happy to be here with all of you. It always just gives me a lot of energy, even if it's over the phone. And early in the morning. We're all West Coast. I know. I know. Exactly. (laughs) 
So thank you, thank you both for joining us today. I'm, I'm so excited to hear about the two of you and what you've done together and apart. And I know you guys collaborated on that amazing book, There's Always Something Going Right. And right now you're kind of doing things that are really different and unique in your own right. So I wonder if we could just start off by both of you just sharing about how Nurtured Heart Approach is manifesting currently, right now, kind of in your own lives and worlds. Tammy, do you want to get us started? Okay. Yeah, I will. It's so funny. Uh, on a podcast, you're like, okay, you can't lean in and recognize voices about who's Right, who's right. Talking. Yeah, but, it is a yeah. little awkward, huh? <laughs> yeah. But it's so, yeah, I, I agree with Louisa. It is, it's incredibly energizing just to hear Howie and, and even my pal Louisa and, you know, of course, Catherine on the phone, all of us together, you know, talking about this. It's interesting you ask about how this is manifested because literally this week I've had four. I'm brand new at the school, as you, as you mentioned, at a, at a school that's been around for 65 years, but they've never had a school wow. counselor. It's a, it's a pre. It starts with two-and-a-half-year-olds all the way up to they're growing in middle school through eighth grade, and I work in all the, all the grade levels. But ironically, this last week, I don't know if it's the full moon, but many, many parents have sought me out, and I've literally had like five independent parent meetings, and, and every one of those opportunities is just an opportunity for me to talk about the approach. And um, I guess one of the things I loved about how he's, um, and he's so right, every introduction you say about the nurture heart approach is, is different in the moment of how you feel about it, but you can't take the approach away from you. Like nobody could ever come to me and say, I'm sorry, you can't use that anymore because it right. is absolutely manifested in the conversations and the, and the situations I have. And trying to explain it to people, the moment you start talking about it, you just it you automatically get energized in in your being, and and it almost revitalizes your own commitment to the approach in every relationship you have. I'm going to look for what is going right. I'm going to step away from energizing something that's not working for for this kid or this parent or this child, and I'm going to be strictness rules because it's what what I need to be. I can't be anything else than that. So, for me, it's. I, um, I've got a couple things um, happening with this school. They're getting it. They're buying books. They're, um, they're, um, we're running a book club on it. We're bringing Nurtured Heart in, in that way. And then my head of school, who's trying to be thoughtful about it but really gets it, where we wrote a, a, an innovative grant to be able to do a two-day retreat over April break to, uh, for those who want to try it rather than saying everybody's going to do this as we you know it doesn't really work in education. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing as far as bringing in, in my current world where, with the Nurtured Heart is uh, is flooding my new school. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it's a phenomenal school. Well, it, it's it's really an interesting place, Howie, because um, it's a place of, of big money and um, a big commitment and big f- and families that are are all about that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is missing this. I mean, I guess when I think of the I think of this cultural piece, the cultural climate of the school, mm-hmm. um, with that lens focused so uh, beautifully on the good choices that kids are making and the adults are making, and it really is. It's missing a link right now of that cultural connection between each other, even supporting each other. And so mm-hmm. whenever I train, that's where I start, just like we learned in, in you know, the certified training that, that where Louise and I met um, is, is that you start, with the, each, you start with the individual, like interpersonal, intrapersonal. You start within yourself, and that's where I'm mm-hmm. starting with the school. You know, um, we were talking yesterday um, in our planning meeting, and, and uh, I think it, it, this is where it came up, is, is uh, families, um, sometimes uh, among affluent families, there is, there is a quiet epidemic. You know, everything mm. looks great on the surface. Everything, all, you know, you know beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful kids, beautiful car, beautiful life. Exactly. 
and 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 there's often a quiet despair in that the relationships aren't quite what people have imagined and hoped for and and it it's not something we could just mandate and and control in the same way we could change the carpeting you know <laughs> um, right or the drapes you know it 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 takes and and kids are being born with more intensity the world's spinning a little faster and mm-hmm. and and so many well-intentioned people and and I know this comes into play for both of you with counseling pursuits um uh, and in teaching new counselors you know um they need to be prepared for the world we live in which is is that people still have pretty much the same old traditional methods mm-hmm. right to draw on and they're and they're encountering these kids that are ever more um stressed ever more um uh, uh you know tuned up with a little more life force than normal methods can handle sometimes i think it's funny you're you're um, uh, ironic that you're saying that because i would say the one thing i've noticed over the last four years in my work with kids and families is an increased amount of anxiety starting mm-hmm. younger and younger and younger with kids mm-hmm. i mean it, i used to a couple of years ago i boiled down a thing that it really seemed to peak and say i would see it in second grade well now right. i'm really seeing it with little kindergartners an anxious kindergartner are you kidding me you right. know but Hmm. Absolutely, and I think you're so right. You know about you know changing the tools that that these these wonderful, well-intentioned parents, you know, they don't know what to do with it with a child like this. Be, you know, they they put the cute uniform on or the nice clothes or they you know provide them with the, the summer camp, but they don't themselves come feeling empowered and equipped to to meet you know intensity with their own you know greatness. And that's that's the challenge. I think you you nailed it. Right. Yeah. Tammy, I'm curious. You seem to have this affinity to find schools that have never had a school counselor before, and I'm I'm curious when this school advertised for the job, did they did they know what they were missing, like specifically, or was it looking for we need behavior support? What was the call? Um, well, it was ironic because when I was looking to leave my my current position for for all kinds of reasons, um, and I just happened to go online and look at a, and find this job posting, I was like, I said to my husband, I said. Oh my God! This is what I do. You know, it was like an right. exact description of, of of that. I think I, you know, I'm working in a private school world versus a public school world now. You know, I was a public educator for 12 years, but I've been in the private sector since I graduated, just because they seem to pull the trigger on hiring faster. And um, and I think what's happening in these communities is that teachers, are, God bless them. And you talk about parents struggling with the intensity of, of kids. Teachers have. You know, they, parents may have one or two of these kids. Teachers have five or six in their classroom, and, and I think the, the cry is coming from them going, oh, we don't have the tools of what we need to do to be able to manage them. And so I, I think that that's kind of part of the process is that teachers have – and that's what I find in both of the schools, having done this now twice, starting in a new place. Both of the schools are very similar. You know, you show up, and they and, and they really want you, and my job is full immediately with, with what – what they need and what and what's very clear that they need is a lot of support in in working with these intense kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get to do that too. You're, yeah, you're getting I to do. do that. And Louise is training people to I know. kind of be oh, in your position. Mm -hmm. Am I correct in that? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm training school social workers. So we're a little bit different from school counselors, but it it still is very much the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, what I really like about 
being able to use this at the graduate level is my students are so hungry for or just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do with this kid. What do mm-hmm. I do with this kid? And mm-hmm. it's like they want a formula for how do I do counseling? How do I interact? How do I engage? How do I connect with teachers? How do I, at, at, my, at the school that I'm working at, how do I connect with those parents that I'm actually really terrified of because I'm a little bit younger and I don't have my own kids and now I have to be in touch with these parents and talk to them about their kids. And nurtured heart approach is just, if you can get that concept, which is basically what I work on with them, um, predominantly in in small groups and then in supervision, in individual supervision with them, um, it just is so easy for them to be successful in what they're trying to do in terms of counseling and supporting the kids and the parents. So, you know, they're just as an example, they're afraid to pick up the phone and call the, call the parent. And when I say, well, okay, you're going to think ahead of time of all the great qualities that you've seen in their child, and you're going to start the conversation with that. And I promise you it's going to completely shift how this phone call is going to go. Mm-hmm. And once they do it once and they realize, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the parent was so relieved to get a phone call that was positive as, appo- as opposed to mm-hmm. this is what your kid has done this time, um, you know, then they start to have that sense of success. And all the students that I've had have done really well. And I think that having Nurture Heart Approach as a tool um, and just as the way that they think about interacting with everybody that they're coming in contact with through their placement, through their internship, um, it's it's really invaluable for them. I, I would imagine um, that uh, school counselors and school social workers can wind up in a a very alienated. Um, and maybe even miserable position if they don't have a tool. I remember getting to speak to um, a, last year a couple of times at conferences to school uh, psychologists once and school counselors once, I believe it was, or school social workers. Um, you know, and saying, you know, here's you you have the best. Um, Here's the here's the good news and the bad news. You're you're a nice person, and the bad news. The good news is you're a nice person. The bad news is you're a nice person. And and I I said I said you know kids you know the way the system is geared now, you know you 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 know you uh, teachers have more of these kids than ever before. They get overwhelmed more than ever before. They're they send their their inclination to want to get rid of the kid out of their classroom and send them to the school counselor. So I'm the kid, and and I act out to get thrown out of the class. And 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 maybe the school policy says, well, the school social worker, or school counselor has to has to um, find out what the problem was and document the problem and talk to the kid about their problem. And and meanwhile, half an hour later, I'm the kid. I've fallen in love with you. Right. And and and. and Gee whiz! It'll take me all of ten minutes to get kicked out again, or I'll be right. back tomorrow so I can smell your perfume and hear your heartbeat. Right. I get mm. the closeness 
you know, right. through you get, negativity. You get rewarded for, for and, your negative, right? Yeah. yeah. And and this, absolutely. And, this, and, I mean, I, I work with my students on that, just that they have to be able to push back with their administration and with mm-hmm. teachers to say, this is not helpful. How I want to be interacting with those kids is when they're having a good day, that's when I want to get them. When they're able to be successful, that's when I'm going to be, that's when I want you to call me so I can come down and spend extra time with them. And when they're being sent out of class, the the expectation is still that they're, the social worker is still going to have to work with that child, but to make it different in terms of it's just very, cut and dried, whatever it is that their expectation is as a social worker, they'll take care of it, you know, if it's paperwork or whatever, and then that's it. So that they don't have the energy going into it. But it's still, it's really, really tricky to walk that line, I think. When I think you said it, you set it up. I, I, I was, I was very clear when I actually took this position that that I'm not, I'm not coming in to handle their problem children. And I Mm -hmm. actually said that when I was interviewing, I said, I'm here to support all the teachers so that they feel capable of handling all the all the difficulties, and I'm here to support the kids so they feel capable of handling all their difficulties. But when issues come up, if it's a you know explosion or whatever, that that goes to some other place that cool down, and then I'm about that kid's next moment of success. And so, really creating a proactive thing. So I'm getting curriculum in all the classrooms, and and then going in there proactively, getting to know people. And, and you're right, when schools haven't worked with a school counselor, or once they get one, or teachers, their their tendency is, well, take this kid, you know, struggling in this, you know, I just want you to take her. And I'm like, no, I'm coming into your class, I'm teaching the whole class, and you're going to watch how this is done so you can understand how to energetically support that child. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is easier, you know, right, Louisa, for you and I, because we're older and we have been doing it for a while, and it's really easy for me to be assertive because I know it works. Right. So for young people stepping in, trying mm-hmm. to be assertive, I think that is the battle. I'm sure that you have to, when you're working with them, to have them understand. Yeah, yeah. no, to be it's, firm. It's, it's a it's a real challenge for them because you know a lot of I mean, especially if you're first year in grad school, you're already feeling like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So then to be put in a position where you're having to go say, no, we're going to do it differently than you're telling me to do it. That's you know that's it's a challenge for them for sure. So. We have a good, actually this is in our book that Louise and I worked on, we have a chapter about working in the counseling office and how the nurture heart approach is a whole different approach in the counseling office than traditional counseling. Right, right. Well, I'm so intrigued and inspired by what you're doing, Louisa, training people before they're out and having to be almost you know, retrained, reprogrammed. And I'm curious, have you always had that flexibility within your teaching role at the university or did you have to bring it in later after you were trained? How did that go for you? Because that's not what I had 20 years ago, that's, that's for sure. Oh, no, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely not. And you know what, Catherine, I have to ask, can you hear construction in the background? Very, very faintly, but not. Okay, not all right. No, I just, I don't know what's going on in this building. <laughs> you sound loud and clear and beautiful. In the okay, yeah, all right, well, I apologize for whatever it is that's happening back there. Um, so I was trained before I started doing the USC job, and I was at a middle school um, in San Diego, inner city middle school, and we implemented the approach at the middle school, and we had a tremendous amount of success, and it was while I was there that I got recruited for USC. So I was already pretty solid in terms of my 
feelings about Nurtured Heart. What's been tricky at the university level is that everything is very, very focused on evidence-based practice. And so I have to kind of go, you know, so I talk about Nurtured Heart whenever I'm teaching a class. I talk about it when I work with my students individually, um, and I'm always talking about it being classified as promising practice, and um, here's the success that I've had with it. And the reality is that once people try it, I mean, they they just, they get it because it just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then the, they're sort of off from there. But um, th- that's that's been kind of the challenge. But it's just infused into everything you're doing and teaching within your coursework. Yeah, it's wherever I can figure out to stick it, I'm going to stick it. Right. Have you had <laughs> resistance? Have you come across people within your department who have just been resistant to the idea of nursing? Oh yeah. Approach? Yeah. How oh, yeah. have you handled that? How's that gone? Um, you know, I think I handle it the way I would handle a resistant teacher. I do the approach on them, and mm-hmm. I kind of let my success with my individual students speak for itself. Um, I've been recognized a couple of times and given awards for being uh, for the supervision that I've provided, and you know, people have talked about what a I, I, what a helpful supervisor I've been for the students, and right. you know, and it's it's really it's not that I'm necessarily doing anything particularly outstanding. It's just I'm doing nurture heart, and well, that works. <laughs> so. I love the saying that it may not be evidence based, but it's based in evidence. So look at the outcome. Look at look how right. well my students are flourishing and how they're flourishing in their practicums, mm. and the proof is there. I want to say for our, list, for our listeners, um, we are eventually going to be evidence-based. Absolutely. It's, oh, yeah. No, it, I know we're eventually going to be there. It's just it's such a long process to get it there. Is. It is. Um, and, and it's you know, just maybe, time. Maybe, uh, I don't know if there's, there's an uh, empirical way for you to keep track of, of counselors, um, you know, uh, social, school social workers who go out empowered with this, you know, thinking as opposed to school social workers who go out uh, who don't have this um, way of of interacting. It, it would be it would be interesting. Uh, you know, I think eventually research will emerge in all kinds of different realms, and 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 yours could be one of them. Uh, I'm, right. I'm, I, I I actually am dying to ask a question that I think is is pertinent to both of you, um, and then I'll let you duke it out. <laughs> so uh the it it seems to me that school counselors and school social workers are pivotal people in in a school building that you know Tammy you may wind up being the most important person they ever met because you know you're you of what you know, knowledge is everything, and and uh, it it may turn out that you can find your way into instructing teachers and uh, giving them kind of handing off what you know and empowering them to see how effective they could be 
in in awakening kids to how great they are, and it it just seems that this is a position for both of you where it could be so overwhelming to the school social worker, school counselor, you know, because so if you don't know what you're doing, you get inundated with referrals left and right, and and you know you're you know the end of the day comes and you you haven't even gotten halfway through your list, or you can find a, a way to, like Tammy said, be proactive and go in and, and, and make it your mission to teach the teachers what you know, to mm-hmm. kind of pass the baton. I wonder if either of you or both of you can speak to that. Well, um, Tammy, why don't you go with that? Because I think you've been in a better position more recently to to really make that happen. Well, to me, Howie, that would be the perfect role for every school counselor. That is the way I operate and my intention all the time because teaching is my passion. So for me, I think I'm a strong teacher, and so for me to be able to pass the baton, I love that exactly, and have those classrooms become nurtured hard and, you know, being able to call it out when I see – great teaching or I hear great teaching and be able to say, you know, that's a, you did a great job, you know, stepping away from that moment when you could have just been energizing it and 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 you and you let that child just, you know, come to its own capable hands and understanding that he can manage his emotion and you know, I, that that is my ultimate intention to do that and it is so much more powerful than becoming the person where you have a revolving door of, of a kid, an intense kid after another winding through your, your doorway. Um but, it, again, I feel like it's a cultural – people have to be open to it. And one of the – in every school, in every building, and I'm experiencing it here, um, sometimes as a role, in the role of a counselor, uh, teachers are afraid. They're, they're afraid of that criticism. They, they feel like you're coming in as a person who thinks they know it all and, that, and they take that as, oh, I'm not good enough. And, and so they're not as open to you – presenting in their class or working with their kids or coaching them. And um, the, that, to me, is, is the biggest challenge, is treading lightly and, um, and really just empowering their greatness, uh, the greatness of the teacher, so that you can get your little wiggle foot in the door, you know, mm-hmm. so that they don't feel like you're coming in as, as I know everything and you know nothing but much more as I'm your partner and we want the same things, and I'm here to team with you to support the success of our students, you know, and... Mm-hmm. I'm, right. I'm saying that a lot. I've been saying that, you know, I've been at this job for five months or whatever, and, and that's that's what I, you know, I'm I'm wiggling constantly to get in front of the staff. I'm, I'm doing the energizers at the beginning of faculty meetings. I'm, I'm doing student success meetings. It's the first time the school's ever seen student success meetings, you know, and talking to them about how you work with it, working with intense kids, but leading in that way so that people can watch. There's a different way to approach a problem, and that's what the Nurture Heart does. It's a different way, you know. It, it's about that next moment of success, not the past moment of, of error. And so it is. It's 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 that's the that's the ultimate challenge. But oh my gosh, wouldn't that be the greatest way for everybody to look at the role of a school counselor? Mm-hmm. To, you know. Um, one thing I would add to that is when I was still at my middle school, I feel like we had a huge shift when we developed a school-wide discipline plan that was based on Nurture Heart Approach mm-hmm. because then we had the language that everybody understood and the expectations were clear in every classroom. And it was a lot easier than for me to 
support teachers because they it was spelled out for them that okay you aren't going to send that kid out anymore for refusing to spit out their gum or you know for things that were not issues of safety um but that I was going to come in if you were having trouble as a teacher I was going to come in and support you and showing you where you were putting your energy where it needed to go and not putting your energy with the with the negative and that was so much more effective but until we had that actual plan that everybody understood this this is what we're doing um it was a lot more challenging because then it was just sort of one at a time trying to get you know going to individual teachers who were open to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but you know i mean th- th- it it was a process right of uh, we uh, that that's where i started out was with the individual teachers and eventually we got to the school wide discipline plan um and that but that was really when the whole culture of the school really started to change at that time i love Go ahead, Catherine. Oh, I was just going to say I love Tammy's, her analogy of she's not wiggling her toe in, and I have no doubt that you're a master wiggler, no doubt. (laughs) And it sounds like both of you guys did that. And I'm curious if it was that wiggling process to continue to use that word because it seems fun this morning, Um, if that's kind of how your idea of your book of there's always something going right, was that how that was born into existence? Oh, that's a good story, actually. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, please. (laughs) I mean, basically, I think both Tammy and I came away from, uh, what, Tammy, what year training was it? I don't even know. We were the same. Was it 07? 07 okay, we but, so, but it was trained. the year after that, I think, that we both were thinking there needs to be a workbook because that's the way that educators work. As you know, Workbooks are just easier for them to wrap their heads around. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So we and were both starting to – go ahead. Train. We were doing training, and we were both um, – so I was creating all these things I had to use to train because, you know, teachers need activities to own it, right. you know, and so putting all these things in it that they could own and how they could wrap their heads around it and so, uh, you know, and trying, you know, not trying to, to rewrite any of Howie's great books but just scaffolding it, you know, putting one more piece on top of it, and we were both mm-hmm. thinking about it independently, and it's our great friend Susan Zola, actually, who we were both, who was there at the training for us and got to be in my group, and we just, you know, love her to death. She's still a very good friend of mine, um, both of ours, obviously, um, yeah. who who was talking to Louisa, oh, Tammy wants to write a book, too, and, you know, and, and she kind of said, you guys should write it together, and that, I think, wow, was a, yeah, that was kind right. of, I didn't know that right? story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, and it was funny because Tammy and I were—I mean, we were good friends, but somehow we didn't realize that we were each doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then Tammy came came down to Orange County for mm-hmm. something. I forget why you were down here. Um, and I went That's up. A good and, friend that was there. Yeah, and stayed with her at her friend's house, and we did this marathon weekend of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would do conference we calls basically with each other and, you know, for, yeah, read through what we had weekend. and send things back and forth. And, and then I went to Take Seattle. And, yep. mm-hmm. uh, so you guys went to the train that what's now called the certification training intensive, which used to be called the advanced training, got that full immersion, fires were lit, 
you're wanting to take it back full steam into your workplace and you're looking for ways to break it down in a more meaningful way for your particular needs. Is that kind of how? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think so. And then we were the both. Roles. Yeah, yeah and, and we were both developing stuff anyway, and it was sort of like, you know, we should share this with people and we should, you know, we should put it in a book. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's well, it, you know. That really does seem to be the spirit of Nurtured Heart, the community anyway to me, is that notion of collaboration and let's work together because we're all in this for the same intention, which is to grow greatness in every single child. And so let's work together on that. So I love that story. I love that beautiful collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. It was, in fact, we're, we've been talking, we, we've been saying for the last two years that we were going to work on a second edition because, of course, I've been doing so many more things that I use in schools, and there's just, when we go back and look at it, we're like, we could, we, we could write this better. I know how he knows how that goes, right? You know, you're like, oh, right. I have more to say on it, right? <laughs> right, and I'm in my, like, sixth revision of, of the first book, and I'm doing that now, and, and I've decided to take out streamline it and take out the credit system pieces and right. yeah. and make them yeah. kind of shorter yeah. appendix. And, and But in the process, I thought, I'm going to go through this more thoroughly and I'm going to get the reset descriptions better. And, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, so it's a process. And welcome, welcome it, to that world. Yeah, it, and, it, and I'm going, is. holy cow, there's so many things to say better now. Right. right. Well, it's, yeah, it's there's well, so it's many things to say better and... Yeah, and then, I mean, it's even things like just you read then through your own book and you realize, oh, we missed a typo. We've had six different people read it, and we still missed a typo. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's very relevant. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I actually did a search this year uh, to see, uh, like, how prevalent spelling errors are in first editions, and there's actually – there's there's like websites devoted to that subject. That is... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. it really, yeah, you know it, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Famous books with typos and misspellings and all kinds of things. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, it, it makes so. me more sympathetic to my students when they turn in papers that have <laughs> typos because now I know that, you know, really you can read it several times and still miss things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and have all these neutral people reading it and, yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that is on our Louise and I keep. We were going to find time last summer, and it just didn't. You know, I got a new job, and I moved, and Louise is remodeling her house, and so. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking, Louise. I'm still stuck on that notion of evidence-based, and I'm thinking about your role, and again, the notion of training the, the school social workers before they're in schools. Is there any way, or have you have you looked into ways for you to track the trajectory of the students you're training compared to students who aren't being trained in the approach? You know, here's what's tricky about it is that, so I have my students that I work with individually, but then I also teach the students in San Diego who are in schools um, as a whole in the school social work class where I, you know, put a a little bit of of nurtured heart in there. So it's already sort of muddy um, is the issue. I mean, I guess the way to look at it would be their success compared to other campuses, but... I don't have access to other to, to other students' evaluations, mm-hmm. um, and what happens with internships is that it all comes down to a pass fail. So I, I don't know how you would with that get that 
you know, there wouldn't be the gradation that you would need yeah, the to level, be able to look at. Discernment. Uh, you know, it's, it's, Catherine, that's such a, a great question. Um, you know, I, maybe somebody listening to this call is going to write us and say, well, there's this, you know, right. there's this right. measurement of, uh, of, you know, that, that would help us, you know, uncover uh, these different categories of functioning. Um, right. You know, I remember when I had a clinic, we had interns. And, uh, you know, it was so much fun to watch them emerge from this one-year internship while they're in grad school to being what I referred to jokingly as senior level, um, you know, the entering the workforce and, 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 and being accustomed to success, juxtaposed to, you know, somebody I had great admiration for, um, like Jennifer Easley, for instance, who helped me write the first book, who was, you know, I was supervising her, She's brilliant, and I hope she's listening to this podcast. And she and she um, she told me um, years later, you know, when she was writing this bio for that the book we wrote, uh, that you know she had actually been thinking of quitting the field. As brilliant as she was, and how right. studious she was, she had 13 years of working with families and kids where she felt she barely ever helped anybody if that right. and right. and I think that's more prevalent than we think and it's really fun to see young people emerge knowing what they're doing absolutely yeah. and that was certainly my experience I was in the same position Howie before I kind of was turned on to the approach um, I hate to say it, but we are coming pretty darn close to time, so I just have to take a quick moment, believe it or not, yeah, um, quick moment to invite anybody who's listening to follow the Nurtured Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. I have to admit I've never tweeted, but you can do that by clicking on the icons on the channel page. Um, also, letting anybody know who's interested in learning more about Nurtured Heart Approach, there's currently a free e-course and that can be found on childrensuccessfoundation.com. So we're down to about three minutes, amazing ladies, and I'm wondering if you guys have uh, some few parting words you'd like to kind of leave listeners with. Mm. Oh, gosh, no pressure. Yeah. I know. Come up with something. <laughs> be, <laughs> cool. be brilliant. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. Brilliant. You got this. You could sing a song, Tammy. <laughs> you could. Right. I could. I need my buddy Jamie to, to be harmonizing. Um, I I will say. I guess if I were to say one last, I guess about the relentlessness. I, being relentless in the pursuit is really the truth of it, and be, uh, being authentically you. One thing I've learned as I train all these people and talk about it is that the the approach when when how he started being the approach. I really think that that is the truth of it, and my how it comes out of my mouth sounds different than how it comes out of Howie's and Louise's right. and Catherine's and every person. Um, but so you have to make it authentic. I I, I can be an over the top person, as every person on this phone call knows. <laughs> and so when I present, sometimes I, I'm always reminding people it doesn't have to you know sound or look or be like this. But right. you know when I first started at this at this new school, I took on all the fourth graders in one big group and was leading um like an extended homeroom period. And after I left, the three fourth grade teachers were I, I came in the room afterwards and they were talking about how I sounded, the language I was using, and what it was like. I introduced the concept right. of reset with the kids and. And I think that, you know, just living it and being it rather than necessarily teaching it is the best way to to honor. 
How, or, uh, Tammy, I love the notion of intensity, seeking intensity, and you have such a beautiful intensity about you. <laughs> and I know that everybody who crosses your path is just eating it up. So t- thank you for being authentically you. you, absolutely. Thank you, <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I think I would just echo what Tammy has to say, that, you know, I, for some people, they get caught up in the idea that, oh, I have to be this over-the-top, I, we talk about it in our book as happy, clappy person. Right. Um, and and that's just not what it is. It really is just choosing to look at what's always going right. And so you're going to reset when there's a problem, and the negative is not going to be part of the equation. Louisa, I love how you're resetting through the uh, construction that's happening behind you in your room. <laughs> Do you like that? I've been resetting a lot, yes. I know you have. It's so effortlessly. Um, thank you both so much for your time and for you know, taking out a part of your day to just share your wisdom and your excitement for the approach. It's so contagious when we listen to people like you talking, so thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. It's been really fun. Yeah, I am really I'm delighted fun. with all the light you're shedding on your um endeavors uh and and i'm i'm del- just delighted to have you out in the world sharing your wisdom and and turning people on to what you do and you just know you're reaching so many families absolutely you're a very purposeful mission in life i'm i'm just so honored to know you yeah. Oh, well, we're honored we to know you, you, Howie, yeah. and Catherine. It tra- <laughs> transformed our lives. So. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Next week, you guys, we're gonna, or next month in February, we're going to take a whole new twist, and we're going to have Sherry Blair, CEO of ISIS, mm-hmm. on. Uh-huh, and we're having Aletta Bayer, and they're going to talk about really oh, um, cutting edge of bringing nurture heart approach and positive psychology into the workplace and into corporations and into that world, which is really a different twist for us. I'm excited to hear about that Mm -hmm. next month. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Have a fabulous Did you guys get the number on the the calling back in? We're actually off off air. Um, Okay. uh, Did you guys get the call-in number for the after party? Oh, we're off air right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just recorded. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.